Welcome to the first episode of From Ragtime to No Time. This is DJ MK. And what you just heard was a record spearheaded by Jackie McLean, one of the few albums ever to feature Ornette Coleman as a sideman, also featuring Lamont Johnson. Scott Holt, and one of my favorite drummers, Billy Higgins. This is a Blue Nut release. In, let's see here, sometimes it's hard to find the release date on the back. And actually, I'm not even seeing it here. It's in the 60s at some point. Um, this album is really cool on a lot of levels. First of which, as I just mentioned, Ornette Coleman is a sideman in this ensemble. Of course, Billy Higgins is someone who um, goes way back with Ornette. Uh, side One is a composition that has a couple different sections by Jackie McLean. And Side Two, both the tunes are by Ornette. And that's what I just played was the first track on Side Two called Old Gospel. Um, I love that tune. The head sticks in my in my mind for uh, a whole day. I was working today, and that tune was in my head when I was thinking about what track do I want to play first. Um, I'm not going to go over the whole idea of what this podcast is going to be about right now. We can sort of get into all that as we go through this. Um, the title being "From Ragtime to No Time." Uh, this is a an album that was put out by the drummer Beaver Harris at one point, sort of reuniting the new guard of jazz and the old guard of jazz, getting them together. And a friend of mine in Portland, Tim DeRoche, who's a drummer, had this tagline on his uh, business card when I first met him, um, basically saying that he can play all that stuff from rags time all the way up through no time i love that as an idea because a lot of people think of jazz as um, this or that whether it's uh, hard bop or bebop or swing um, 
or sometimes people think of a few different eras of jazz as being jazz. And for me, jazz is a wide, wide, wide swath of time and sounds. And I don't really get into the nitty gritty of calling things by their quote unquote genre title. Um, but what I do want to do is share with you music from my own personal collection, which is all vinyl and I'm constantly adding to it as well as a collection that I am the current curator of. And I can, I'll probably get into that more as we go on here. Um, but that last record was actually from um, the Shane Schneider collection. Shane is a good old friend of mine who unfortunately is in ill health at the moment. So I am overseeing his collection of records. Um, so the basic idea is that I'm just going to play mostly music. This is something that could be seen as a radio show. I don't have a, an opportunity to have a radio show right now. So here's my outlet for sharing uh, jazz from my collection, mostly just playing records and sometimes talking about the music itself. Um, so as I said, the first track is just sort of a quick intro and I'm going to get into playing some more music. And once I play a few more tunes, I'll let you know what I played and if there's anything to add. I will do so. Thanks.
Okay. So there you go. There's four tracks I just played. I'm going to go over what just happened here. I took some notes, so don't forget. Uh, the first track you heard was from Wilbur de Paris's New Orleans jazz band, or as he calls it, the new New Orleans jazz. Um, the track that I played was the second track on this album, which was an Atlantic release in 1955. I love the title of this, March of the Charcoal Grays. Personnel on that one. Of course, the leader of the album, Wilbur de Paris on trombone, his brother Sidney de Paris on trumpet, Omar Simeon on clarinet, Sonny White on piano, Lee Blair on banjo, Wendell Marshall on bass, and George Pops Foster on drums. Once again, that was 1955, April, the month that it was recorded. The tune March of the Charcoal Grays. Um, some great, I would say, uh, some people would call that the second wave of New Orleans jazz, but whatever. Um, the track after that, we have the album title, Mean Greens, by Eddie Harris. And this is a mono version that I have, and I have to apologize, this, this version that I have is pretty well played so you're going to hear a lot of snap crackle and pop in the playback but it plays through i play the title track mean greens which is on side one track one um, this was released in 1966 another atlantic release of course atlantic put out a lot of good stuff during this era uh, he used a few different people on this recording date it's interesting because side one is a little different than Side 2. Side 2 features Eddie Harris playing organ um, with a bassist and drummer. And it's really good, but uh, Side 1, which is the track that I, I played Mean Greens on Side 1, you may notice something or not, uh, depending if you're a drummer or if you're a very observant listener. The same drummer on this track, Billy Higgins, played on the very first track that I played. Also, of course, Eddie Harris was on tenor sax. Ray Codrington played trumpet. Cedar Walton, the great Texas pianist who you'll hear a lot of on my show because he's amazing. Ron Carter on bass, who's just a phenomenal bass player, who as well you will hear. And of course, Billy Higgins, who you've heard twice already tonight. That track, Mean Greens, and this whole record, really, and you can find this for Peanuts on Discogs, is really outstanding uh, the next track we go into more of a funky atmosphere here and boy i love this whole record this is herbie hancock's thrust um the track i played was the first track uh called spank ali and this record came out just after uh headhunters and i believe it's the same group except for the drummer um, so Mike Clark is playing drums in here. Um, I can't remember who was playing drums on Headhunters. I should know that because I'm a drummer. But um, anyway, you, you don't really miss it. I mean, Headhunters was amazing, but Mike Clark does a great job on drums here. 
and the rest of the ensemble is the same as on Headhunters, and I feel like it is every bit as good and or better. Um, obviously, that track is incredibly funky. And I finished that little set with some Sidney Bechet. This is a record that I have released on Scepter Records. It's called Bechet and Blues. Not much info on the band on the back here, which sometimes happens. It's a collection of uh, recordings that happen in Paris, which is, of course, where Sydney lived for many years um, after leaving New Orleans. Um, it says it's recorded between 1950 and 1957. Uh, towards the end of Sydney's death, of course, he was still playing in top form. He didn't die at a very old age. Um, I played the sixth track on side one, which is a Sidney Bechet composition called Bechet's Creole Blues. Um, great collection. The cover art in that one is pretty phenomenal. Um, just a beautiful painting of uh, Sidney sitting in a chair playing soprano saxophone. So um, I'm going to finish the set with sort of a theme, which I don't know that I'm always going to do, but I'm going to go with it tonight. I think you'll be able to figure this out pretty easily. And I'm going to try to keep these episodes to around an hour. Um, and I have one, two, three tracks to play. So we'll see. I don't really care whether it's exactly an hour or not. Um, it may go a little over, but uh, I'll play three tracks. And I will give you a rundown of what was on it. And then we'll call this a good night. So stay tuned.
thread connecting those last three tracks and actually I was planning on playing a fourth track which would really bring it all home but I want to keep this to an hour-ish and I feel like the fourth track with me blabbering on about the music is going to push us over that mark by more than I would like so what I'm going to say is I will start the next episode with something and i will tell you in one second so without further ado i'll tell you what i played first in that set solo piano earl hines the album it's a master of jazz recordings album i doesn't say the release date but i'm guessing it's the early 70s um, earl play earl hines plays duke Ellington. So there you go. There's the commonality between those last three tracks. Duke. And the track I played was Offside One, track number five, Do Nothing Till You Hear From Me. Of course, I love Duke Ellington. I love Earl Hines. And Earl Hines playing Duke Ellington is just phenomenal. I played a shorter track. I will be playing quite a bit of Earl Hines on this show because his playing is unreal. Um, I'm not even sure what to say. You'll just have to hear it. Uh, the second track, of course, if you didn't know already, Thelonious Monk. On his Riverside album, Thelonious Monk plays Duke, which was recorded... July 21st and 27th, 1955. And I played the second track. Did I really? No, it's side two, the fourth track, Caravan. 
which of course, here's the other thread. It's an Ellington tune. Pretty much a jazz standard caravan. Many people have done caravan. People are still doing caravan. Um, also in this group, it was just the trio, Thelonious, of course, on piano. The great Oscar Pettiford on bass. And Kenny Clark, otherwise known as Kluke or Kluke Mop on drums. And I finished that off with probably the latest recorded album I've played tonight. This was recorded in April 1986 at RCA Studios in New York City. This is an album called uh, The World Saxophone Quartet Plays Duke Ellington. Of course, The World Saxophone Quartet was Julius Hemphill, Oliver Lake, David Murray and Hamia Blewett. And the track I played was the first one, which is a short track. I was thinking of playing one of the longer tracks, and I'm sure that I will because this record is astounding. Um, I played one of the shorter tracks, which is actually the first song on side one, um, which is Take the A Train, which is technically a Billy Strayhorn tune. Uh, Billy Strayhorn wrote and worked with Duke Ellington for many years. So that song is often associated with Duke Ellington. And of course, it is on this album entitled uh, Plays Duke Ellington by the World Saxophone Quartet. But technically, Billy Strayhorn uh, was the author of that. Really great track. And as I uh, mentioned earlier, wanting to keep this to an hour-ish, and we're just slightly over an hour, which I feel good about. I was gonna play some Duke Ellington and his orchestra. I have quite a number of his titles here in the collection. And since I don't wanna push this too much longer, I'm gonna play that as the first thing that you hear on the next episode. So isn't that something to look forward to? I also wanted to mention today um, I found out that my grandmother, Ruth, passed away yesterday, which was May 6th. And I would like to dedicate everything that I've done here tonight to her memory. I don't know that she was really in the jazz, although she was into music. I remember her playing piano and singing a little bit of harmonica and um, I think dabbled on the, the accordion as well. So this is for Ruth. And... Just for future episodes, I will probably be doing much more of what you heard tonight, which is just a wide swath of jazz from ragtime to no time. Um, I do have a friend's birthday coming up who is an obsessive Ornette Coleman fanatic, and I will be doing an episode, at least one episode, if not more, dedicated to only the music of Ornette Coleman. And I happen to have the complete vinyl discography of Ornette Coleman at my disposal here. So look forward to that. If you have any questions or any other reason that you want to reach me, feel free to email me. M-A-R-K period E period K-A-Y-L-O-R at gmail.com. This is DJ MK. Ragtime to no time. Episode one. Hope you enjoyed it. 
See you later.